right, sit down, relax, take your shoes off, and welcome to This Is Bodybuilding. It's a bodybuilding podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a journal, and it's an entryway into the hearts and the minds and the lives and the souls of the people involved in the world of the bodybuilding. The world of the bodybuilding? No, in the world of bodybuilding. My name is Daniel Lansfield, and I'm a promoter. I'm a social media enthusiast. I'm a podcaster, and I'm a jet setter, and I'm really, I've got to tell you, I'm counting down the days until I head off overseas again on another exciting adventure. Um, I guess this is sort of like season two or a continuation of season one following a hiatus. Um, let's be honest, life gets busy and uh, it's often tough to take time out to do the things you enjoy. And for me, that includes podcasting. So I'm really looking forward to um, getting overseas soon and hopefully sitting down with a few of my friends from all around the world. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people over in, in Brazil uh, when I'm there. So hopefully I'll get to uh, record a few more episodes abroad. Uh, but today's episode is a very special one. Wayne Wilson is a veteran of the stage, and he's known to many around Australia and around the world as one of the nicest guys in the business. Um, he's the owner of Suntan On, which is a, a complete competition colour solution or system. Uh, and I have to say, I've seen literally thousands of competitors on stage in my years in the industry. Uh, Wayne's product is by far and away the best I've seen. Uh, it just it doesn't streak. It dries evenly. Um, and you don't need a fire hose and steel wool to take it off at the end of a contest like a lot of other products. Uh, anyone who's used it, I'm sure, would definitely agree. It's just hands down the best on the market. And he hasn't paid me to say that as well. And I'm pretty sure he's probably listening to this. So, Wayne, that's a, that's a free one for you. Anyway, um, today's episode, Wayne and I talk about his competitive career, his history. Um, uh, more importantly, though, it's his own history. I mean, bodybuilding is a part of life, but it's not the be-all and end-all of life. Uh, and Wayne really opens up about all of the ups and downs of life that go on in between jumping on stage. He's a man that I've got a lot of time for, um, and I always look forward to catching up with him when he's in town or when I'm up in Queensland. We've been overseas and interstate on more than a few occasions to various contests, and if all goes well, we'll be seeing each other again overseas very soon, and probably again and again for the many years to come. Just, uh, today's episode is brought to you absolutely free on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Um, I think there might be a fourth one in there, but no, the, those three. If you'd like to support the podcast, get over to Facebook, click like. Um, you can even leave a comment or share the episode with your friends in the bodybuilding community. But for now, enjoy the show. So, all right, Wayne, Merry Christmas. Welcome to Melbourne. Yeah, it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's going. It's, it's good to be in Melbourne, mate. It's a uh, Merry Christmas to you too. This yeah. is your old stomping ground? It is, yeah. yeah how, long, was, how, long, how long were you living in Melbourne before you moved yeah, up to Queensland? Yeah, I, I might give away some age here, mate, but for 43 years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we were here a long while. I was telling the Uber driver that, and I'm sure he was looking at me going, man, you only look 45. <laughs> that's not the case. We've been up there about since 05. Okay. And we came back for an ill-fated 09. And, and miss Queensland, so we moved yeah. back. So, so what was the what prompted the move up there? The sun or? Uh, well, oddly enough, I used to go there all the time when I was a kid for holidays, and, and always loved Queensland. That yeah. that was my place. And um, Janine and I had been up a couple of times, and she really liked it. And sort of, oh, I wonder if we could move there. And, I, and then I was working for Fitness First, so I had a contact with work. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another. And we thought, oh, we'll give it a go and see what it's like. And I I, I do know one thing. I watched both my uh, oh well. Both my parents passed away, let's say, in just suburbs that were pretty crowded and pretty avid. I thought I'd rather pass away where it's sunny and where the water is. So a bit of a, bit of a I wouldn't say semi-retire, but just yeah. that nicer, slower lot, slower pace. So whereabouts are you? You're in, 
in Brisbane, or are you just uh, no, it's, uh, Gold Coast, literally okay. northern oh. Gold Coast, just near all the theme parks. Oh, nice. So yeah, it is. It is beautiful. Does oh. that does that get a bit annoying though with the, the traffic? No, you don't really get it. You, no? you don't. Re- it's it, you got to kind of get off the main drag. Dreamworld to go in. was closed for yeah like a month yeah. or so this year, yeah. so yeah. that was uh, a bit yeah. tragic. But um, it was yeah. 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 So no, we we are close to there, but you got to kind of go off what's known as the M1 to get onto them. So if no. if you're a local, you kind of know how to avoid that. Yeah. They're always like this time of year is packed. They have slowed down a lot because of that accident. Mm. And I read a little bit of I try not to follow the news or the media too much because it's very depressing as that story was. But um, yeah, not good. But I think they're all. Yeah, sometimes shit happens. I've, I've broken my <laughs> first happens. rule. That's I've right. broken my first rule. Um, yeah, sometimes stuff happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope um, everyone's recovering from that and the mm. economy will pick up a little bit. But I know for a fact we've got some friends that work there. The you know, attendance is down. Yeah. yeah. So, is I mean, what, what's the what's the, the bodybuilding scene like in Queensland now compared to when you first moved up there? Because I know like people used to consider that the... Uh, well, Queens, or probably yeah, Brisbane, the Gold Coast, that... Um, sort of the the equivalent to Muscle Beach in the US uh, or that Gold's Gym sort of feel. No, Melbourne's a home of bodybuilding, mate. Melbourne, yeah. Oh. There's some really good bodybuilders up there. I, I kind of, I wouldn't say stick to myself. I know I know pretty much everyone. So I've, I train at a gym called First Choice Fitness, which is kind of just like a local gym, but it's very, very few people in there. Yeah. So I get the... You know, there's no one in there, so I do a little bit of PT out of there. But normally, if I want to get my proper sessions in, I go to Worlds in Ashmore, and that's where it's all at. Having said that, I'm fortunate I can train during the day, and there's some that's where a lot of name sort of bodybuilders are on the coast. Yeah. Queensland's a big place, mm. and um, so that's really, really good. Uh, a lot of people seem to have drift uh, the younger guys seem to have drifted into surface since that's been open because okay. there's a world gym in surface yeah. right in the middle now and i think quite a few of the younger guys when i say younger you know good bodybuilders yeah. sam pierce a few of those guys actually live in there so yeah. it's much more convenient so the time i go's got quite quiet yeah. but there's um yeah it's a great gym it's it's you know kind of don't pay too much attention to what everyone else is doing or i try and keep out i wouldn't say try and keep out of i just keep it all light keep it all upbeat and you know some you know what when you're younger and you're competing and taking it all as serious as as seriously as we might have at one stage yeah i'm a bit past that i like to have a bit of fun with it and just chill out and but you know there's a lot of serious people when they're competing they're not at their best so yeah i just go and do my own thing whereas the smaller gym i train at every second person stop and have a chat it's good gym good vibe friendly so just depends on what day it is what i'm training and where i'll go yeah. So you were saying before to Dad that uh, you trained at Finlay's <laughs> in the 80s. Yep. Um, did you, were, you, were you training when he was there? Or well, I can, I can actually tell you. I know I've got my back to Graham, which is a bit rude. <laughs> but I can actually tell you the first time I saw Graham. And uh, I was walking down Burwood Road. He probably, oh, yeah. he probably doesn't even know this. And it was one of those sort of, you know, I was pretty insecure, so I didn't really make eye contact with anyone. But I just see this massive set of arms. And I'm like, holy, and I'm not going to stop myself there. I'm this man. And it was Graham, yeah. you know, as I later found out. But, yeah, Finlay's, I joined in 83, I think. Okay. So I'm going right back. I joined another. I only thought about this because we were having this interview the other day. I, I joined a chain called Vigor. Okay. for about three months and they went belly up and that was the first time that somebody introduced bank card payments oh wow so of course they give you the bank card you pay them they go yeah. broke they get their money you're stuck with the bank card so um yeah and then i joined finlay's after that but that took me mate, it took me months to work up the guts to train yeah. there because i was very very insecure yeah. 
and it was the mecca. It's where all the big boys were. I remember when when we moved back to Melbourne in '91. I think well, Dad, when did you move to Sydney? '84, '85. He's thinking. '84, '83. So he, so when you joined Finlay's, he would have been, or would have been around the time he moved yeah, to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. When we moved back, I remember going there as a kid. Um, that must have been what 1990 or something yep I was still there I think I trained there for about 15 years actually and and I saw a lot of changes in there yeah and um, yeah but it was it was the place to be back in the day even for you know the uh, the IPB to be blunt that's where that's where everyone went I remember one day when the the pro shows were on 89 I walked out of the toilets of all places and, and someone was walking in and I'm like damn that looks like Bob Paris and I'm like what the hell would and then when I walked out it was Bob Paris <laughs> and, and they were all in there for the Grand Prix okay. so that was I'll tell you what was interesting between that and now in a t-shirt mate they looked like me mm. they just weren't gargantuan but when they took the top off I'm like wow just amazing mm. yeah just yeah, no fat you know by those days standards yeah. and just slabs of muscle beautiful shape mm. no bloat you know yeah, it was pretty impressive. To, I was oh, impressed they, by that. Yeah. yeah, they all look good in a suit. We were seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we were yeah. seeing like old photos of Steve Reeves in a yep. suit, and then yep. him with his shirt off. Yeah. And okay, he wasn't like the the most. Yeah, yeah he wasn't the yeah. biggest guy, but he had a great physique for the yeah. time. Um, and that same sort of thing. Yeah, he, yeah, he always presented himself very, um, yep. very well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of hard to present yourself well when <laughs> you're, you're three hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> ripped. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, it's hard to get a suit. I always yeah. see a picture of Ronnie Coleman in a suit. And I'm like, seriously, man, you've got to go to a better tailor. Well, I, I remember seeing Chris Cormier on stage at the IFBB Grand Prix back in oh, like 06, 07. Um, and this thing, like this, the suit looked like it was, was yeah. just like draped on him like a curtain. Um, it was just flowy and yeah, 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 wide. Yeah. Man. I guess yeah, he probably had had, had that suit for a while because he wasn't as big as he once yeah, was. Yeah. To say, you know, having said that, he was a massive guy yeah, still yeah, at yeah. the time. Big so, guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, you see all these guys in, you know, they've got to get tailored suits. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Big, big, they're big now. Every time they put on muscle or, or lose fat or, or whatever's going on, yeah. the suit doesn't fit them yeah. anymore. So it's kind of like me, mate. I have two sets of jocks, one for pre comp, <laughs> one for normal. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that one of that. <laughs> oh, I think that's probably something that most people uh, would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't look. I don't bounce around away. I'm not a big guy, so it's not too hard for me. What's your What's your usual comp weight? Um, eighty five ish. Yeah, anywhere between eighty four and a half, eighty six. I was about eighty six towards the end of this year, yeah. and it slowly crept. Believe it or not, I remember when I used to compete at seventy six at my height. It's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty athletic to mm. to use that term. But I slowly crept up a little bit, and even now it's creeping up just a little bit more. Yeah. So um, yeah. But it's a it's a good weight to look. I'd be eighty eight today, yeah. and your composition changes a little bit. But my you know my weight doesn't. I, it's it's the wrong thing to be doing if you're looking at, you know, whack it. You, you're not going to do it anyway at my age. But it's the wrong thing to be trying to get heavier, and you want to you want to be probably lighter at my age. Yeah, yeah. I know that's that's the same philosophy that Rob Bagonas had. Yeah, where yeah. like he's competed for yeah. the last yeah. t- ten years, and he hasn't really yeah. like he's he's put on size yeah. and he's gotten better, but he hasn't. The, yeah. st- the weight on the scales hasn't changed that much. Maybe yeah. a couple of kilos here and yeah. there over, yeah. you know, five six yep. years. But um, the quality and the condition. Yeah. And well, you know, on that note, I've I've seen Rob win a universe. Now it must be going back to maybe eleven. 
but he wasn't in the shape he is in now. No. He's in phenomenal shape now. But you know what? That's the that's the standard. It changes every year. It gets better every year. And you have to, you know, I look at some of my more recent comps the last couple of years, and I look at the universes I've done ten years ago. I'd have smoked them, and that's not being smart. It's just I wasn't at that stage then. I had to progress to stay in, stay with the pack. So yeah. it forces you to to really get better and better and better. Yeah. yeah. I heard someone um, when they came back from the uh, from Florida, they said, "Oh, you know, it feels like the goalposts have changed." Yeah. I said, "Well, no, the, the goalposts haven't changed. It's the quality of the competitors yep. that." Yep. Yeah, that's changed. Yeah. They've gotten better, and if yeah. you're if you're coming back year after year and you're not getting better, then you're yeah. falling behind. You, you, you do and history. if you're staying the yeah. same, yeah. you know, it doesn't yeah. have to get you have to get you know, yeah. more weight on you. But if you're staying the same every year, then you, you're. Falling the, it's behind. not it's not the muscular size that's got different with the WFF. It's the condition. The condition. Yeah. The Europeans will probably bring it before the Aussies, but with changes, I always call a few times I've seen changes and uh, yeah, my, my, my dear mate uh, down here I'm catching up with on Thursday night Eddie Tanuji. Yep. now in Australia it changed in 04 when Eddie walked onto a WFS stage with those legs I'm like again I'm not going to swear I'm like damn that was a change because then I think there was a bit more of a shift to what we have now you yep. can fit in within a certain class and guys coming down from heavier weights and just just a different look before that it was athletic they were and they were you know, we'd look back now and go, man, that's probably skinny. You know what I mean? But that that was a bit of a shift to what to what we have now a little bit. Yeah. When when did you travel overseas first to compete? The first year I started in the WFF in '01, as okay. I was just chatting to Graham about, and uh, I was on one of my many hiatuses. You know, oh, I'm going to retire. <laughs> uh, we were all laughing at that. <laughs> um, look, I, I was actually because I had a really bad work accident that I, that I came back from, and I wanted to again probably a little bit daft, but proved to myself I could still compete and I did the first Southern Hemispheres which had yeah. the pros at it yeah that's it you know again I was fighting the big guys with an athletic physique a genuine athletic physique but you know I did my best I enjoyed it um, and then I went to the first ever you know W it wasn't WFF it was an athletic division within and there was two guys in it yeah. and I, I sat in the audience or so we just mentioned one we were trying to think of one guy's name one guy was scott atchison he he yeah. won there was two guys in it it was the southerns in i think oh one because it was actually down here before okay. mark had it yeah and then um i thought an athletic division yeah. <laughs> they may as well call it, it wasn't it wasn't eric fangmeyer was it no no it wasn't i, I just he, he came graham just mentioned him he came from queensland oh, i can okay. picture his face i can't yeah. think of his name and then i thought wow that, that's really good so yeah. i'll do that so following year i think we did whatever we did in victoria rolled up to the aussies like dream come true actually after 20 years 15 years being able to compete at the aussies 12 guys just an open class so people in the wff now um they they wouldn't kind of know its roots really because again there was no divisions there was no whatever and again i've gone from two thinking oh i could win a mr australia 12 guys but having said that i did pull off a second which i was you know that was one of those highlights for me because it was in Australia, yeah. But um, I'm t- gone totally off subject to your to your question. But 04 was the first year I, and I'll do that, mate. I'll go off in tangents. That's all right. So, but you, um, you, you, you would have you would have experienced what no one uh, since 2000 and probably 2013, 2014 has experienced, which is Klaus yeah. Hoffman's <laughs> grading system. Loved it. Um, <laughs> which consisted of him with a stick pointing at people on stage. Telling them you're in super body, you're in extreme. Yep. No, you're in the wrong yep. class. You you go over there. Yep. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, look, it was always it was always a bit of a controversial thing because 
people look for somewhere to blame when things don't go their own way. Personally, I thought it was novel. Uh, you know, I, I very, if you really analysed it, I don't think I ever really had a gripe with it. Maybe once when I think I was up against Jimmy Vusos, Jimmy Wilson, and I'm like eight inches tall and both of them stacked on each other's shoulders. But um, that year I might have thought, oh, that's a bit odd. But then when I look at the class under it, when I look at the class over it, I'm like, where else was he going to put me? Mm. But it, it was, they're part of the things that give you the great stories. And it yeah. was just, it was ridiculous to see, like, people would roll up in their underwear and, you know, the, just their guts hanging out. And I remember the most, the worst person I've probably seen on stage to give that appearance so you would get put in a lesser class was Mark Taylor. He looked like he was going to jump off a bridge, mate. He walked out there and he was... Yeah, the guts was hanging out, his face was on the ground, he wasn't flexing and, you yeah. know. So that's what people tried to put it over class, but it, yeah. he's, he was absolutely fantastic. You couldn't put it past him. Yeah. And if I would, I would do anything that, that I could to avoid flexing my abs. Yeah. Needless to say, full flexion on the abs. Full flexion, and he'd yell at me, you know, but he'd yell at everyone. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I flex the abs, there goes my Mr. Universe, because I'd yeah. move up from performance to athletic, then yeah. to super body and... Um, so I, I, I've done all the divisions. I've actually done performance, athletics, super body. I've done over 40s. Then it, in 09 it changed to over 35s, and I've done over 50s. I've done about seven classes. Jeez. But it was, that was it was really good, and it it had to change because it had to progress, and for it to prog- progress, that that probably needed to go. But that's just the way it was. And again, a, a lot of people back because their teams weren't that big, and a lot of people back here didn't kind of understand it or it gave them something to whinge about but it's the same culprits that whinge about everything mate but it, you didn't have to go mm. I thought it was novel and, and, and Klaus was, I remember even bailing Klaus up like one on one because I got to know him reasonably well I said can you look at something can you look at my legs he goes Wayne I see everything <laughs> <laughs> that was it he just walked away but he's Graham will tell you he used to come out with his entourage and yeah. and uh, and then he I said something to him one year and he just whips out this I said, what happens to you after these shows, man? He goes, ah, nah, nah, nah. walks out with this big police stick thing and flicks it out, and he goes, oh, I need this in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he, he was a character. He was always a very private person. Dad's yeah, look, it took me a long while yeah. to get to know him, but I, I did look again the same faces for 10, 12 years in a yeah. row, and you know, and, and again, it's finding some, some common ground. I remember at the latter parts, uh, you know, he, he'd actually lost a lot of weight because he was really heavy. Yeah, I'll go up and have a chat, and you're looking well, Klaus, blah, blah, blah. But we, we got on pretty good, actually. I could email him about some stuff if I ever had to. So, yeah, I had a lot of... Look, he obviously did a lot for the sport and a lot what he did, and, yeah, he he, um, he left his mark. And I've, I'm not too sure that he's not still in the background somewhere. Graham would probably tell you better than me, but I'm uh, sure he's, he's still got a finger in the pie somewhere, keeping I mean, an eye the, on his baby. Yeah, the thing, the thing that we've learned over the years is that no one's ever really out of bodybuilding. That's exactly right. People, yeah. They might step away from yeah. it. They, they take a back seat, but... Um, yeah, no one ever really gets out yeah. completely. Well, that first universe in 04, I remember walking in. And again, these are these are the things that give you something to talk about rather than a stock standard show. I remember walking in at 9 a.m. in the morning and I think we had that cattle call, as we yeah. called it, the grading. And I remember walking at 6 a.m. the following morning. So 6 a.m. And I think I didn't get on till maybe 1, you know, I... It's hard to hold your condition if you're getting on at 11 a.m. at alone, yeah. 1 a.m. And I think we got the pr- trophy presentations at like 4 a.m. So it was so it wasn't huge. A, it wasn't a prejudging 
and a night show it was sort of a one show they ca- I think they, they, they kind of did the rounds and, and kind of judged it all but then they brought you back later in the night and actually did the presentations in okay. those days so they might have I know some years and I'll, I'll be getting a little bit blurry on it but they used to get everyone back sort of on stage and then just yeah. call the rounds and your placings then just march you off and that so sometimes you'll see people with their like their their pants on or whatever or just take their top off and whatever so but that was a that was a good year and a good good team that year we stayed at a fantastic place in uh i can remember weisslock germany okay so yeah and and that was it and they'd see the year before it see even back then i didn't have the dough i mean i'm like i won the vix the overall the week after um eddie Pick okay. me the other yeah. way, and then he got the trip, and I'm like, yeah. damn, I was so close. And then the next year, I saved up the money. Yeah. So, and that was the start. I've pretty much, I've only missed one since. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I, I remember hearing a story a few years ago, and I think I might have, I might have mentioned this to to Daniel Hedger and David Scargetter about, or no, <laughs> so I mentioned it to someone about. <laughs> I about think I know what you're traveling yeah, yeah. overseas and and. There was a big team, and Dad was like, oh, "Bugger this! We're going to take the take the train." Yeah, and everyone else was like, "No, no, we can take, we can drive. Yeah. It'll be cheaper. It'll be you know similar." Uh, time. I was I was one of those people. You were, you were in the car. <laughs> I was in the so, when I was listening so, to it. Yeah. When I was listening to it, I'm like, "Okay, this fact's sort of not quite right." That fact, and, yeah, I, and I, I, I can I, remember who was there. I, I, yeah, I thought it was you and Eddie. It was 07. It yeah, was, okay. Eddie, myself, Mandy, Nifty. And Rick Brennan and Karen Harding, they were together so at the time many many years ago. So it was about that would have six or seven of us. Were you in a minivan or something? Yeah, we're in a van. Okay. And oh, look, on paper, we we should have been right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we should have got there in way less than the train. Plus, it was cheaper than the train. You know, so two things on paper we should have got there, and and the first thing is we should have listened to Graham because he always <laughs> knows best. But um, yeah, look when. You know, I'm I'm sort of was reasonably relaxed even then. Yeah. But honestly, this will test the best people, particularly when people like if I don't eat, well, yeah. I'm just going to get better. Yeah. Some people are just going to lose it, like yeah. mentally and physically. And, yeah. and and let's just say that kind of occurred on our. It's a pretty interesting trip. So I got to watch my p's and q's here. But look, you'd look bad. It was, it was fun. I remember the traffic wherever on an autobahn was yeah. was so slow and slow banked up. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. That we took it in terms of getting out of the car walking beside it to do cardio and if you wanted to do half an hour an hour that's fine yeah. just walk yeah. and of course everyone ran out of food everyone blah 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 and it, it did it you don't cool. probably think about it at the time but ha- it had quite a detrimental effect on everyone's condition because yeah. it's just it's just no good yeah. I, mean, look, I guess people, people, when, people, when we think of the autobahn in Australia we're thinking oh yeah it's you know, 200 k's an hour but, but yeah. if you're doing 200 k's an hour for a couple of hours yeah, yeah. that's a really long distance yeah yeah yeah, you know, that's, yeah that yeah, could be four, yeah. 500, 600 yep. kilometres yep. and, and they that's, fly and that's yeah. the sort of distance that you would have been travelling yeah even in like it was um, like a transit like or one of those Mercedes things mate yeah. they hit 180 no yeah. worries full of people but yeah they fly it took you about what eight hours oh it was ridiculous like I know yeah. we should have got in in two hours and yeah. I know they got there on the train earlier yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was a that was a bit of a disaster. But look, it was it was it was good too. Like you know, Rick had a bit of a, Rick had, he'll probably listen to this, but Rick had a bit of a meltdown on there, and that was quite. I wouldn't say comical, but Karen was doing what she does, trying to calm him <laughs> calm him down a bit. And I'm still good friends with 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 all those guys. I mean, uh, Karen is is married and got a baby now, and, and Rick's married to to uh, his wife, and and he's in New Zealand on holidays at the moment. So we again, we still keep in touch all these years later. So uh, it's good. And of course, Eddie's one of my best friends still. Hear a bit from Mandy and Nifty. So, do you ever find out what the actual traffic was 
from? It's an accident or oh, something okay. something ridiculous that you it's wouldn't. It'd be like it'd be like coming from probably you know way out like Limbrook or Danning on getting onto that southeastern and it and it stopped in the city and you're not going to move. It was God. yeah crazy. So it did take a long while, but Jeez. um there yeah there was, look it wasn't. It was a good trip, but there was a, it was a little bit sort of fragmented, and yeah, it wasn't one of the better experiences I'd had that year. But you know, you live and learn, and it's it's funny because even then, you know, and I wasn't young then, and I should have known better, but I was late at learning a lot of things in life. But better late than never. But you know, some things happen, and you, you know, now I'd just blow it off. But at the yeah. time, they pissed you off. Do you know what I mean? And it just wasn't that. Yeah, there was a few little, Graham will probably recall too. There was a few little hiccups that trip, but it was still good, still good memories, and you know, the competition was just. Yeah, I just yeah didn't didn't look my best. Having said that, the standard wasn't what it was. Yeah. So you know, if I did look like that now, I wouldn't place no one. I think I still pulled off a third, but there wasn't big numbers in the classes. And yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. I guess a lot of the time, it's not the competition that you remember so much as the experiences course, yeah, around the competition. Yeah, yeah. look, I remember was it? Oh, it was one year I was the first to get there. It might have been the following year, and I had no idea where it was. And I remember ringing, going to the actual venue. Was in Germany as well too. It might have been 05. I was the first to get the year because the band's team came after that. A few hours they were behind me, and I remember going to the venue to try and like figure out where I was supposed to be staying or whether. And it was the venue where the competition was, and a janitor or something at this massive venue answered and said, "You know, I said there was a poster there. Me, where? You know, trying to." And anyway, I, I, then I recall actually ringing back to Australia, and I'm pretty sure I might have even spoke to Pina yeah. and said, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> I had no idea. Anyway, one way or another, I nutted it out, whether Graham rang me back or whatever, communication's better now, and, and then I was able to text someone on the team behind me, and we all hooked up again. So, yeah, I actually remember, because I posted something about that the other day. Um, yeah, it, it was... Uh, yeah, I put a photo up, actually, yeah. on uh, Facebook of a, of a thread that Ingrid Barclay had up, and... Okay. There was, and the reason I sort of looked at it, Graham was my age now then, and I'm going back to sort of, um, yeah, 05, I think it was, and Lindy Olsen was on the team, Blair, yeah. Jesper. Yep. That was a good team, yeah. yeah. But small, not yeah. not like now, it's bigger now. I like the... Well, I think the, the team we had this year to Florida was probably the biggest. Yes, yeah, huge, in, in, yeah. In yeah. And you literally can't... The, they're, they're great, it was an awesome show, but you can't get around to everyone. It's like there was people there I know really well, and I didn't even see them, even yeah. because comp days tied up. You're all backstage doing well, whatever I, you got to do. I always yeah. feel really bad when we got a team that big. Even when we went to Ireland, the team was 25 people, and mm, I think okay. I probably said hello to everyone at least once. But yeah, there were people yeah. from WA that I didn't know, and yep. um, you know, I didn't I didn't meet them over at the Australian Championships because I didn't go this year. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. when we went overseas, I'm like, well, I'm going to meet these people, even though we're friends on Facebook. I'll you know, try and meet yeah. them for the first time over there. And you sort of you say hi, and you kind of go, "Do they know who I am?" Because I kind of know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's sort of a bit, yeah. bit awkward, and then you sort of rushed off to do what you got to do. Yep. And you know, if you if you're emceeing or you're doing yep. some admin stuff, that's really changed the last few years. Yeah. Like again, before that, and that again, that's progress. That's that's good for everyone. More people competing, more people involved, but the 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 smaller teams were very easy to hang with most of them. You know, yeah. and that, and, that, and that's when you had some great times before it and after it and traveling together and that sort of thing and you know I was, I was still in melbourne back in those days too so it was good it was good and again it, some of them get a little bit bigger and you, you still have a good time i think i've, I've seen a photo of you uh, you you put it up a while ago and you've got blonde hair <laughs> it's probably a li- hat hair. little bit well, a little bit longer than what you got now yeah, yeah. um but you got this sort of like terminator look on your on your face was that 
you know, you look quite determined on. Was stage. that from a show? Yeah, it was. We had the WFF logo in the background. Okay. I think it was. Oh, I thought it was like two thousand and one, but it might have been your first, like oh four oh. Yeah, Universe or something. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I spasmodically throw one up just to remind people of what happened back in the day. Oh, no, I always probably took it a little bit too light-hearted, really. And then I remember travelling with Al White and just watching him prepare. And um, I thought, I need to be a little bit more serious about this. You know what I mean? I mean, I was serious, but, you know, he, he's... You can watch him now, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying. I, I still hear from Al occasionally, but um, he was very uh, focused. You know, very determined. You could tell he was thinking about where he's going to do and, and what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. So, yeah, and I guess to the last sort of, you know, maybe five years, I've, I've had to step up that side of things and keep it in context a little bit. Else you just won't get better. Yeah. But I still take it with a grain of salt, you know, the whole thing through experience because I'm, I've lived a life where it was the be-all and end-all. Yeah. And that's what gives you the experience to help some younger people and go, yeah, because I've made all those mistakes. You know, and, and, and it, but again, I look back and think, well, it was at a relevant time because I didn't have anything else good going on. So, you know, life wasn't always as rosy as it is now. So it, it helped me through those times. Yeah. So, yeah. So when did you start competing? Was that in the 90s? Or 87. 87, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, and back, of course, back in those days, it was just bodybuilding and next to no classes. So the first show I actually did was in sunny Ballarat, and uh, it was uh, the Mr. Ballarat, and I think there was like, 14, 15 guys in the lineup, and I just wanted to, I don't know why, just compete, and I was, I was, yeah, again, I, I probably told everyone at the time I came fourth, yeah. even though there was, because everyone that doesn't place comes fourth, yeah. of course, even if it's the universe, I came fourth, <laughs> back it up, man, that, show me the stats. That, that's pointing, um, my <laughs> mum actually won the Miss Ballarat, oh was wow, it 80, was that, it wasn't 87, was it? No, it Gee, like, yeah. 85 or something, four, yeah, four. wow, four yeah, like, well, I know, okay, I can remember, I don't know what, this has popped but into my know, head. Was, was that the UBBA? No, no, BBI it was independent was at the in, time. And um, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, Vince Simonetta or Simonelli or something like, he won. Terry Martinez came second. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ram's going to get yeah. the, oh, wow. the Mr. Ballarat trophy. Yeah, my hey. stuff from that era hasn't survived. The oh, Clark yeah. has. Well, yeah. Hang on, ACB Jim Bruges, Belgium, 1982 World Bodybuilding Championships. Wow. There's a mug. Is that... Don't drop it. That's the... It's Graham on the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was around that era. There was, was a movie around called around In Bruges. Yes. Yeah, yes. it was a good, good film, that. Quite a black comedy, I think. But yeah. Yeah, but again, 87. And again, wow. of course, in those days, I just did whatever. I, I remember the second week I competed. And um, yeah, God, it just had, how did this happen? It was that long ago. But I, I did do the Southern... It wasn't the Southern States. It was the Southern... I just, universe. No, something that Nabba did. Southern and it was, was... It wasn't the Southern Hemisphere. South Coast. Okay. South Coast. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was called the South Coast. It was a big show. Yeah. And a, a guy called Zach something or other won it. And he was like a really good martial artist. And yeah. I think Don Mahoney came second. Okay. But again, they were open divisions. And I think in that one, I'm like, okay, they got a novice. But I didn't yeah. place anywhere. And I think the year after I did a show and placed. But again, standards were probably not that great but the, I remember doing 12 IFBB shows and placing in I think three or four but okay. so it was you know I had a good athletic build but it was bodybuilding and yeah. the standard was I'm talking going up against guys like Tony Rossi Benny Rossi you know uh, Lou Barry yeah. uh, Holly you know I remember doing everything I could to try and sneak in the, now what was it the over 80s or even at one stage the over 90s yeah. so everyone's stripping off and I'm like putting more clothes yeah. on because I'm like this class, <laughs> class will be easier yeah. so that show you where, where my brain was at at one point yeah 
did you ever do any of the INBA or ANB? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I was involved with the INBA. And again, I, I, I was well qualified for that. I've got drug tested before. So in those days, I know they did it. They, what they do now, I'm not up to speed with. But um, probably oh, six, oh, maybe oh four, somewhere around there for until about 19... No, sorry, I'm going back. Um, in the 90s, 94 to yeah. say... I think 2000 maybe, and I, and okay. I judged for them for many years. Yeah. I've, I never had much to do with the AMB, yeah. uh, but the IMBA for many, many years. And, and again, they were, look, I've got photos of me competing in that, and I'm like, holy, yeah, I was natural, yeah. you know, damn. But um, a totally different look now. But again, a lot of years of training. I overtrained, like for years and years and years, I did too much. I can't handle a lot of training, but I'd go six days a week, two hours a day, because that's what the magazine said. Mm. So um, that was, like amounted to a lot of wasted time but yeah and then I judged for him for a long while until I kind of moved to Queensland and then I did a very brief stint up there and then look again you, you start to realise where your bread's buttered and I was more involved with the WFF and I just was sort of a convenient time to step away from it a little bit and that's yeah. totally changed to what it used to be like and again more power to them if they're doing okay and I'm you know Mark Ryan before you moved to Queensland no no, I, m- I, m- I met Mark in probably O two, the first year okay. he. But when I did move up there, I, that's where I trained at industry, and that, w- yeah. that they were good days too when he had industry. But yeah, he's he's still a great friend, Mark, and running NABA up there, WFF. So, um, but yeah, so we've known each other a long while too. But yeah, I rem- the first one I went up to was the Southerns in O two. Yeah, yeah, and again back then it was uh, just an open division, so there, it was kind of like a at that stage nearly an add on to, to the NABA show. But again, you you look back now at what's happening, and, and people are a little bit, you know, I don't know, you know, everyone's got a bag at something, but they're they're a bit down on the sports models or the Bermudas or the, and I'm sitting there going, man, if that was in my day, wow, you can hide your legs and you got to have good abs, come on. But um, <laughs> WFF was like that, mate. People were like pretty pretty critical of it yeah. when it started. It was like, oh, what the hell do you want of that? You know, yeah. it's totally changed. It's totally changed. It's got a lot. Like as I was saying to Graham before, it just has a lot more. It has the credibility attached to it and the prestige attached to it that kind of Nabbit used to have when I was a kid. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the old school, I still look at it like, you know, I would say it, I did blah, 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 it's WFF. It's yeah. just because I still hold up to the standards of Nabbit as the it and a bit, yeah. you know what I mean? So, and again, the days I can really remember when I was pretty heavy into it was the likes of uh, Graham, uh, Don Marnie, Tom Long, all these, and I'd go on the Masters and go, holy, wow. Because that's where a lot of the muscle was. Really, really good standard. Well, even even now, you look at the masters classes at the Nabba Universe or the Nabba yep. Worlds. Like yep. Justin Wessels went yeah. and yeah. masters over forty at the Nabba yeah. Worlds this year, yeah. um, and he's you know widely regarded as one of the top amateur yeah. competitors in Australia. Yeah. Um, and he's what is he be 43? 42, yeah, forty three? Forty two, yeah, forty three, yeah. Um, you know, Dave Cutler, he's yep. over forty, and he's you know on the. WFF Pro Circuit. There's yep. a lot. There's a lot of guys that are. Yeah, they yeah, both don't really excellent. hit their stride yeah. until they get into their forties. Yeah, I think you can now. Yeah, I think you can. It's um, but again, I, it's just you know, I don't. I never sort of sit back to like reflect on things too often. But just to be competing in NABBA in the Grand Masters, or you know, to my in my opinion, I could debate this all day. But I think the best Masters competitors are in. It's going to annoy someone, but are in NABBA. I don't yeah. think they always have been yeah. Masters and Grand Masters because. The standard's high, man. It's really high. And it can fluctuate a little bit at different times, but in general, yeah, again, when you start getting Justin, uh, you know, um, Dave, 
uh, what's that big boy we're just talking about? Who's the supplement guy we're just talking about? Chopper, Mark. Yeah, Mark, Mark <laughs> I mean, they're big guys, man. Yeah. So um, yeah, good competitors. Yeah. I think every time I see an IFBB show in Victoria, it's always Matt McLean. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. comes in and you know, yep. cleans up. Yeah. Um, and, and and that first show I did, I think I did one, my third show, Matt McLean won, Mr. Bendigo. And he, he looked, he always got grainy, you know, he looked yeah. amazing. But that's, I can remember him from back then. He used yeah. to win everything. Yeah, yeah, again, that was another person I'd, I'd potentially be up against. But of course, he smote me, you know. Yeah, still around, still enjoying it, hopefully. Yeah. No, I mean, he's still in fantastic shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where no one's, no one's going to touch him, but it's tough. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. when he comes out at the yeah. at the IFBB Vix, um, yeah. there's not that many guys. No, well, he's a former pro, so yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's pretty yeah. tough like that. Look, I I had my golden run, or, or probably in some aspects continue, but not as much. But with the advent of the WFF and the height and weight classes, because yeah. I couldn't, I was always just shy of the weight limit and never had to never had to make a weight. I wouldn't make a weight if I was heavier. I'd just do something else, but you know, perfect for the age, perfect for the height, Kabumo. Mm. Got it a good time when it was still progressing and still, you know, uh, finding its feet. And, you know, the standards got a lot better now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's interesting. So you were saying before that at, at one point in time, bodybuilding was sort of the be-all and end-all of life. Yeah, yeah. Was that sort of a, a bit of an escape from other things going on? Totally, yeah. And I've seen people compete... You know, uh, for many reasons, but I've seen people compete. I'm not going to name any any names, but because um, yeah, I value my life too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, they they use it as a avoidance mechanism. Yeah. Uh, I probably used it. For, it still keeps me sane. Now, that yeah. sounds really silly because people think, oh, you know, I, I was involved in a to and fro a little bit on Facebook the other day, and I'm sure this person thought, gee, Wayne wouldn't have known what it's like to be depressed or upset or angry or and I'm like mm, mm. Janine smiled when I sort of read that out because uh, yeah I've, I it still keeps me sane now it gives me a, a focus and a balance and uh, just you know I, I, I remember listening to Graham's interview a little while ago and he touched on this and I know it's something we've probably spoken about before but you know human beings need a purpose yeah okay outside of acquisition outside of family outside of accumulation just something to get you out of bed and music sport and art are some of the ways we express our spirit you know the way we yeah literally like express ourselves so i've always found bodybuilding to be that for me and it was always about the training because again if you said to me you know still now what would you rather do have a massage or you know smoke a joint which i don't do but anyway or or, or train i'd say train because yeah. training just totally relaxes well, me you can't think of anything else that's what that always said he, he yeah. loved the training yeah so it didn't didn't so much like the competing and the dieting because yeah. that sort of yeah but see uh, those things i quite enjoy as well i suppose yeah, yeah it yeah. gives you a structure it gives yeah. you yeah. that and mate there was a time in life where i was you know i it's it's you got to pick your words a little carefully, but I, I didn't come from the best background. Yeah. And I have a brother and sister in Melbourne, which I'll catch up with this week. So you need to be careful what you say. But we all kind of suffered a little bit, not not so much physically, but very, very much verbally. And I was a very, very uh, introverted, unhappy, you know, angry, um, zero self-esteem. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's something interesting. That's how I drifted into bodybuilding, but it. You ask Janine now if something comes, which is my wife, but you ask her if someone's, or something comes up and, oh, bodybuilding improved my self-esteem. I'm like, give me a break. It's my pet hate. Yeah. Because 
how can doing something external change your mental process or the way you view things or how aware you it's totally unrelated mm. and if it does you're in big trouble after the show when you put on that 20 kilos because you, you, you're going to go so I, i've used it as a, as a as a tool like that to to relax to you know and if you get really good at training which we do you get really good at nutrition then at some point decades for me you're probably going to realize that it's, it's all mental yeah so that is what you need to work on to achieve the other things not the other way around and that's uh you know i still do it today i just we need that thing and that's my thing you know and so and it's good because i've created an environment where fortunately um you know i've got life in between shows or after shows because there'll be a point you know uh where, where it's no longer viable to compete but i can still do so many other things so even now when i uh, and if i'm rambling shut me that's up right. mate. even now when i when i uh I do a show, I, I, I know I can always go and judge. So if yeah. it doesn't work out, and I approach things without a goal. Yeah. Okay, so I've, I've read a lot of Scott Abel's work, so this is a man that I'm really learnt a lot of. But as soon as you, I'm gonna do the Karma Classic. Yeah. I feel fine today, yeah. I felt fine yesterday, I've eaten the same food yesterday and today, and I'm gonna eat the same food tomorrow, but all of a sudden I'm on diet. Oh, what can I eat? You know, you de- because you, yeah. you've created a, a perceived, uh, perception of lack yeah you then you put a goal on it so you put a perceived pressure on yourself that isn't there because it wasn't there yesterday why is it there today then who else is going to be in the show who am i going to be up against oh he's so you create all these issues that aren't there so now i just float along going just get in shape enjoy the training enjoy the process because it's no different any day and then literally if you have to book a fare i know well i can and janine will say i know you do and i'm like you probably do but i don't I, I keep that out of my head. If you've got a book affair, I'm still like, well, I can go and judge. Yeah. I can go and watch. I can go and help. I can, you know, so, but even with the, I never expected to do that many shows this year, and I did six. I did a, like, traditionally, I suppose, a 30 week diet, but my diet's the same today. So, are you, are you, are you stay in good condition all year round, though? Yeah, my yeah. composition changes a little bit, and, I, and I, I, but I, that's different too as you get older. You can't eat as much, you can't digest as much, and, you know, I feel really good when I eat a certain way. Yeah. So it's not that I won't indulge. I had a beautiful bit of cake yesterday, but if I had two, man, I'd be, <laughs> it just doesn't, it's interesting because you kind of come full circle with, with why you're motivated to do things. It's one used to be to compete to, 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 or to eat, to look a certain way. Now I eat to feel a certain way. And that's a long process that takes like decades, but it does happen if you eat well. So I, I'm, I, I don't see that deprivation when a show comes around because I'm like, I'm privileged to eat this food because yeah. it's pristine, it's nice, and you know I'll have a bit of crap like every day. But yeah. again, they'll put a label on it now and say if it fits your macros, but in my day it was called common sense. And I, But I've done the sparse things. Mm. And you know, I was just touching on this with Graham before, I've done the things that I'm like, man, oh man, if you're gonna keep doing that, you wanna get out of it because life's too short. You know, so there's a there's a very good balance there, but it, it only comes with experience. Do you notice that your mood changes a lot as your diet changes? No, no. I mean, uh, you know, and I'm not saying it's always been the case. Like a lot of things, I've learnt uh, like later in life, but some people never learn. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's a very poor excuse to to affect your family, your friends, or people around you because of something like a bodybuilding show. But you kind of got to go through that to step away. And what people will do, they'll either stop and go because that was too brutal or figure out another way to do it. And I did this after I had some injuries and illness. I just thought, you know what, if I'm going to keep doing this, it needs to be part of life, part of balance. 
Uh, but no, I mean, very rarely if I'm, you still can struggle with a little bit of stuff like that, but very rarely or normally for the first show, there might be a two or three week period where I'm just a bit tired or, yeah. or Janine would probably say a bit flat, yeah. but after I get into that shape, very easy to maintain. Yeah, once you're there, but I won't allow it to affect anything like that. I would hope someone would say politely, man, you, you, you're not acting right or you're a grumpy bugger or whatever but it yeah i mean life's too short so i, I sort of embrace every day now so well, again with some of the experiences i've had so as i say i don't think i've ever really known you to be um agitated or yeah. grumpy and you know i mean i guess every time i see you you're either competing or dieting yeah yeah that's it yeah. that's that's sort yeah. of i guess yeah. the, the, the frame yeah. of reference that i have with you i don't yeah. i don't see you at home in the off season yeah just hanging out with with yeah. ben and janine so look that's something i work on and when that's not when that's not happening, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I read every day, pretty much every day still. I've got a few favourite books that I read and that, that's to balance you out. But, you know, again, uh, you know, we, we're in the... Again, I quote Scott Abel, who's won a very, very much a lot of respect for him, but we're in the cult of the exterior. Yeah. People need to work a little bit on the inside and the brain and then you alter your thought process and you, you get things right, you get structure to them. And, and you start understanding why you feel a certain way and, and start working out that sort of stuff. It'll make your life a lot easier and a lot happier. Many yeah. years ago, there was a show, I think it was on Channel 31 in Melbourne. Um, it might have been on SBS. It was this, it was this, uh, it's called Words of Peace. And it was just this, um, this little guy who would sit on a stage in a chair with like thousands and thousands of people in the audience and he just talked to them about yeah. you know musings on life yeah, yeah, yeah. and I remember one thing he said I must have seen this when I was about 16 or 16 or 17 and he said that he was talking about inner peace and he had this big treatise on inner peace and, and the thing that really stuck with me was that um, he goes you know people people can search all over the world to try and find inner peace but they look everywhere else except within themselves. Of course, yeah. And that's yeah. that's really you know, the only place you're ever going to find inner peace yep. is yep. within. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be... A, a lot know. of the... Uh, look, again, a lot of the... I've read a lot of books. Look, when I had a big accident in the late 90s, fortunately, um, I was in an environment where I had the appropriate... Access to the appropriate help, which is where a lot of people fall down. And... Um, you know yeah yeah and even before that like you know again the environment i came from was yeah yeah, it's not 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 very nice for kids you know and the reason i'll sort of talk about this now because it seems to be something with social media and that that people have a lot of problems and you still see people mate look that that do away with them like suicide and it's a big issue now it's a little bit more known but once you can open yourself up to talking to somebody they're not going to laugh at you. They're not going to, you know, it's your perception that they'll think I'm weak. They'll think I'm this. And I've lived through a lot of that. Not that that's been an issue for me. But I remember, you know, and this is this is pretty sad, but it's reality. In, when I was 30 and I, had a, a, I was married to someone else, I remember, you know, we went to some counselling. And when I started talking to the, to the psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever he was, I mean, it was like a light switching on. It was one of those light bulb moments of me thinking, damn i'm not insane you know i'm oh you're not supposed to talk to people like that you're not supposed to treat people like that and from the people that know me within bodybuilding now they would have no idea that that's my background they would think oh you can get up an mc you got blah 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 but i wasn't i just was brought up with no self-esteem and that's not being you know disrespectful for my mum because she suffered the same things and you can't expect someone in the midst of that see what we do now is we come up with our aware more enlightened um 
world we live in yeah. and we try and push it back to what the generation was doing before us and it's impossible yeah. because you got married and you bloody stayed married and if you want a happy stiff shit you I did it again yeah. you sucked it up and yeah. you they there wasn't there was no false divorce but, but and it was a yeah. very very strange era but um again when I first went to this like I I sort of had a light bulb moment and again you'll get two types of people one that goes you got a problem oh screw you i haven't got a problem never come back there's nothing wrong with me yeah. or because we're in the industry we're in and this is where it's valuable i think we would tend to think wow that's interesting mm. because bodybuilders are curious yeah. yeah say no more we'll leave that one alone but they're curious about nutrition training supplements you know all that sort of stuff so to me, it's like, I want to learn more. And I made, I devoured information. I, I spent five or six years in, in counseling myself, which is horrendously expensive. Fortunately, it was paid for. <laughs> but, um, and then you learn. And, and I still read today, but all those books, getting back to what you said in a totally roundabout way, um, they've got very similar themes. Yeah. Of, of, and, and you don't have to go and sit in a tree in the middle of India to, to get a bit of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment and, and awareness uh, you know you just have to avail yourself of what's out there so I think in in what we do I had a header on my email for many years it probably is on I've got that many emails but it said like whilst uh, you know developing your outer self basically we need to work a bit on the inner piece and it's good look obviously you've had someone like Graham around to point you in the right direction I had to unlearn most things and relearn them but it's um I guess you know your experiences make you the person you are, and I, I wouldn't be as grateful f today for my life and what I have without them. This yeah. is just not possible. So um, you know the, the little things. I can still get annoyed at like yeah, if the postman's late, mate. Yeah, stupid things. But yeah. if I'm ever unreasonable or grumpy, I know as I'm saying it, Wayne, you're being an a-hole. Okay, but I know it's me. The problem is a lot of people don't. They think it's everyone else out there. And I know what you need to do. It's the same that people just start spraying stuff about whatever federation and whatever the problems are. And I'm like, well, you're angry today. Okay, and anger needs an enemy. You're better off figuring out what you're angry about and figuring out that it's you and just taking a big chill pill and getting off the keyboard. You know what I mean? So again, it gets back to that just sort of awareness thing. And we're not all, you can't live by those high standards all the time, but you can attempt to. And I don't say try, it's a word I never say because trying's, uh, you know, it means I may or may not. You know, it's, it's got don't, doubt attached to it to begin try, with. Don't try, just do. Exactly, that's why it's, that, that ads, mate, that's my favourite ad in, the, it's the greatest ad in the history of the world. Yeah. Just do it. You know, so I'll, I'll type something and I'll say, take out the trying or take that word off it or, you know, I don't know, I never say good luck either. I always say best wishes because we make our own luck, you know. Yeah. Good preparation meets opportunity. But yeah, there's some of the things I've been through and they're the things that like even people train with me now or, you know, they're the things that people will, will train with me for rather than knowledge. Now, I have bucket loads of that, mm. but yeah, you know, it'd be nice if there was a bit more of a psychological component to the whole thing because people would have an easier life because as, you know, I was having a good chat to Graham before you arrived, but again, totally, it's around in a circle, but it's back to our main point. You know, you'll see people post things now and I'm like, Oh, I've been out of the gym for blah blah blah, and I'm like, damn, you're stunning, you know. Like, do you really need a hundred people to get on here and tell you how? But that yeah. just says bucket loads to me about where where they are I, mentally. I, I always just find it funny when people 
it's almost like they're fishing for likes. They'll put themselves, yeah, you know, put yeah, a photo of yeah, themselves up. Yeah, and it's like, here's my, yeah. here's my ass crack. Yeah. Um, here's a motivational yeah. quote. Yeah. Tell me how hot I am. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. do you really need that? Like, you know, you yeah. obviously know, like, if you've got the self-confidence to take a photo of your ass and put it on Facebook for thousands of people yeah. to see, yeah. clearly your, your self-esteem's not that damaged i mean maybe it is you'd but, be surprised but, see that's what that's what i yeah. sort of look at and you can see straight through things like that and look i'm not saying look a lot of the stuff i talk about i've either lived it or been guilty of it yeah. that's why i can talk about it now and even with like social media and the things people say you know i remember years ago we had the anabolics forum you know the aussie corners and okay so that's that was a good grand where it wasn't public to learn these things that you know if you don't get the placing you want to show probably not best to post it here because fortunately somebody would turn around and say mate it's probably not i know the way you meant it doesn't read like that so i learnt so now you won't find anything online where I'm bagging someone out or I'm bitching about something. It's just, it's professional. And the funny thing is by saying that, that now, by saying nothing, you get a good reputation. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I could be well, not a good person, but because I've said nothing, I've still got a good reputation. I, I find <laughs> that the couple of times that I've made the, I don't want to say the mistake of engaging people yeah, online yeah, about yeah. certain stuff, but it's yeah. always people people begin at an unreasonable or a an entrenched position yeah and i come in and try to be the voice of reason yeah. pr- present yeah. you know th- these are the facts yeah. Yeah. Um, but because they're so entrenched in their position already they don't want to listen to that yeah. they just want to they just want people to either blow smoke or, or you know yeah. agree with them um yeah. and you know th- there's all I don't want to say there's a lot of people like that that, that I know on Facebook, but there probably are enough that yeah. you know you could hold them in two hands. Um, and yeah, I mean, you sort of you identify those people pretty quickly, and you just stop. Yeah. Well, I here's mean, the thing: I mean, you, you can't argue. You can't them. argue with ignorance. No. Okay. Well, again, that's another thing. Bodybuilders get a little bit of a bad rap on. It's not just us. Yeah. It's. It's everyone. Everyone. Because we mix in that circle and that subculture, that's what we see. But there's a book that I've, I've read, a, a series of books by a guy called Dr. David R. Hawkins. And this guy is who I describe as an avatar or a sage or an enlightened being, which is a fact. Okay, he's, he's consulted to the UN and other places, the US, to avoid war. Now, you'd think with enlightened people there wouldn't be any war, but at a point you have to stand up and defend yourself but he has something in his book called truth versus falsehood the scale of consciousness Mm. and it's at 200 where we start to be able to discern truth from falsehood and it's under that that people will be and we've all done it people will be going what the hell's wayne talking about but you'll all have spoken to someone and just go man this guy's full of crap he's got no idea what he's talking about and there's no way you can convince them any other way you can't so when you are aware you just you just go, yeah, mate, all good, no worries, and walk away from it because you can't change ignorance. They have to change it for themselves. But there, there is actually a, a viable scale, and it goes into different countries at what levels they're at, like in, you know, say, the African nations while they're all still at war and what level they're at. It goes into some of the dictators or people we've had through history of what they started at and they, what they deteriorated through, different religions, different... It's a very interesting read. It's an in-depth, tough read. But it's interesting. I think anyone who's interested in sort of uh, cultural yep. ethnoarchaeology or cultural anthropology, yeah, 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 and you yeah. see the development of yep. cultures over years, yeah. and you, you look at the cultures around the world now, and yeah. there are still some that practice female genital mutilation yep. exactly. and yeah. you know, forced marriages for yep. children who are yeah. you know, under 
yeah. they're 13 years old. Yeah. And you think, all right, to say that all people are equal across the globe is one thing. To say that all cultures are the same, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or whether they're all at the same level of yep. development, yep. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Um, some yeah. are still developing, and others yep. are probably past that point of development yep. that they, you know. Yeah, well, he, he writes of the, the fact that above 200, and he names the era or the generation where it shifted to slightly over that in the yeah. US, that's up to them to drag the rest of the world sort of forward. Because again, with that love thy neighbour passive sort of attitude, you'd wonder yeah. why there's any arguments, but at a point you still have to stand up for what's right, what right, what's right's debatable, <laughs> you know. Oh, well, yeah. there's, I think there's always yeah. been people who have tried to yeah. argue on the side of common sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah and i know like you know during the american civil war there were people who were totally anti-war that during yeah, the first yeah, world yeah, war and yeah. all, all around the world there were people yeah. who were opposed to war um i don't think it was until vietnam where people really got a full sense of what the hell yep. was going on yeah, yeah. and they started to turn yeah. around and go jesus all right yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is actually really shocking and yeah. all of the post-traumatic stress that came out of yeah. vietnam yeah. and that um well i saw i saw a movie um very recently and it was a uh you know, one guy mentioned the stats. It was six people in the... It's totally off subject, but six people, six veterans a day commit yeah. suicide in this. That's staggering. Yeah. That but again, when you're even talking about we're, what we're talking was about... Was American body, Sniper? Yeah. I think yeah. In, in the um, uh, when we're talking about, obviously, a bodybuilding podcast, but those things, yeah. you know what? I, I kind of... Like, my real estate agent, who I used to train, is a really good friend, did either... He was in special forces. He did two or three or four tours of Iraq or Afghanistan, something like that. But it it puts into to context. Um, it's not you know bodybuilding's it's great, but there's some people out there doing very very serious stuff. You know, there's yeah. um, it's you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's not life and death. Yeah. Which in some cases, you know. I remember this guy saying, mate, every second step, you know, you're talking about anxiety. Yeah. I, I was expecting I'll possibly step on an IAD. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah, that's... Scary. That living, and he's 38, mate. With, he's yeah. not old, you know. Living he's, with that level of fear every day. Inc- yeah. When you're at work. Brutal. Brutal. Um, yeah. Most people have no idea of that. But no, no, no. I mean, yeah. that's... The, I guess that's the... Kind of like stepping on stage going, man, that dude's bigger than yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, I mean, He's got better biceps. I'm sure there are people who are getting ready for comps who are sitting there every day dieting... Yeah. Training, thinking, is this all worthless? Am I just yeah. going to waste this twenty weeks? And, you know, and well, it, it just really annoys me when it, again, way. not annoys me to a great deal. But I'm like, don't say you're going to war, mate, for Christ's sake, because it's just, it's not yeah. war. <laughs> well, people, people treat it that way. They yeah. treat it like it's yeah. the most important thing. Well, look, it get, but uh, slightly again. Um, Going back to the Olympics, so there, yeah. there you got uh, war without guns, the Cold War, the yeah. Americans, the Russians. Yeah, that was that was pretty extreme mate that, that was that was an arms race for sure of a different kind <laughs> yes yeah but all right i mean, I, I, was, I was i saw a mate of mine the other night um sam bramham he's a paralympic swimmer he broke the yeah. world record i think in 2004 um he's on the he's younger than me he'd be 27 i want to say um and you know he was just was saying the same sort of thing he might have had a few too many beers but, yeah, yeah, yeah um you know the the the, the attitude that people have and it's so disappointing when people take it to uh, a point where it affects the rest of their life. Yeah, we yeah, were using yeah, your curiosity yeah, as an example yeah. where, um, you know, if you're upset or, or, yep. or, or things are bugging you, that's fine. You know, th- there's a reaction that you can have in private where you don't yeah. affect other people that's around it, yeah, you. Yeah. But when you bring it out into the world and it really, it's to your own detriment yes, and it's to yeah. the detriment well, of your sport, yeah. it's basically yeah. like saying you're pissing, yeah. on, pissing yeah. on the sport that's that's 
taken you this far. Yeah, look, it's, again, it's just all self-awareness and using it for a positive, you know, a positive uh, outcome and uh, to, to give you something better in life and have a purpose. Look, again, you can't go past someone like Justin Wessels mm. for, you know, he, he, a lot of lessons people can learn off him. Mature, never says a word that's not thought about, yeah. well-spoken, blows in, does his shows, blows back into the... You know he's 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 doing the right thing with it. Good career, good job. You know you, that's a that's a fine influence for people in Australia. I yeah. suppose people who have suffered through hard times can identify other yeah. people who are probably going through yeah. similar stuff. And I guess that is that something that you, that you you know you look at competitors or you look at people just generally and you say. I think that's I where you can where you can help of, people because yeah. they kind of wouldn't. You know, look, uh, I was brought up in an era where well, there's always someone worse off than you. And getting yeah. one of the first things I learnt was. It's not relevant. Yeah. You know, that, the, my suffering is not relevant to someone that's starving in another country. It's relevant to me, and unless I can do something about that, or you, you, you were born in what sixty two, sixty two. So yeah. your parents would have been through through the Second World War. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you, you, you know, all my direct family we've lost members in the, in the war, and that's um, that was just part of being an Australian back then. But your, was your dad in the war? No, just a little bit too young. His brother was. He died oh, yeah. in the war. In a, he was a bomber in the in. The, and I think my dad was quite close to him. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a funny sort of era. I, guess, I know. Well, I mean, you know, dad's told stories about you know his father was in the navy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. grandfather was in the navy, and you know, growing up in that post-war era yep. where different, diff- yeah, men, different men everywhere were suffering from mental health issues. Yes, yeah. And it was just totally undiagnosed. Totally, I think there yeah. would have been a lot of. There was the the guilt for people who were who yep. stayed at home, and there was the survivors' yeah. guilt, and yeah. all this stuff that we only really found out about in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. That was probably yeah. it's been affecting people oh, for hundreds yeah. and hundreds of years, yeah. thousands of yeah. years, ever since this. I, d- I don't know how they cope with it, mate. I've, um, got no, I've got no idea. Because again, even even I remember as a kid, if you know, if somebody sought any thought of help mm. personally, whether yeah. it be professional. Or whether it be, well, you didn't really have books and that about it back then. They're a nutcase. Yeah. They were should be in an oh, there's something. But it would the stigma was, and a lot of people needed help, mate. But there was no help, and it was uh, it, again, it was, it was like calling someone the lowest of the low because they needed some psychological. And it's it was sad, but times change. You know, fortunately, I think we've we've sort of lived through that area where there's a lot of you know research is always changing. Whether it be diet you know, our mental state and there's not as much stigma to it. That's why I'll go into things with people because I've, yeah, I've, I've had some, like, again, you know, I, I remember, it sounds a bit odd, but the greatest, probably the, one of the greatest days of my life, walking down Royal Parade in Melbourne after I've been in hospital for a couple of months having neck surgery where there was a good chance I wouldn't be able to walk after it. It's raining. Pivotal moment in my life. Again, one of those, one of those light bulb moments. I'm like, damn, I'm walking. I'm out of here. And uh, that was a good day because I'd been through a lot of suffering in my, in my 20s. I also had was diagnosed with a brain tumour. Yeah, which may be something you don't know. But um, in those days, the medical imaging wasn't what it is now. So yeah. you've got a brain tumour. I can remember my doctor going with certain complaints saying, hmm, you're being paranoid, mate, you know, because you, cause you sniffed a bottle of testosterone once. You know, you're being paranoid. And I'm like, no, something's wrong, mate. And anyway, he, he called me. This is not a good sign. Yeah. He rang me on a Sunday. I'd like to see you tomorrow morning, Wayne. And he told me, he goes, I was shitting myself all night, Wayne, because I thought you had full-blown cancer. What it turned out was, and it took six months to diagnose, was a pituitary problem, which I still take medication for today. And it was the only type of um, 
tumor that doesn't require radiotherapy or wow. brain surgery so it responded yeah. but there's something that they talk about in bodybuilding now dostonex i was on the trial for that and that that helps lower the the particular hormone prolactin mm. but in those days i i and even when i had my work accident which i was paralyzed down the right hand side of my body in an industrial accident i used to say for a decade i was naive i just thought they'd fix me and, and that's you know my attitude in hospital like not good I'll be right, they'll fix me. But it was other people around me that were worried. Yeah. But now I realise, even then, relatively uneducated, I had the right attitude. And yeah. that's a must. Because I never told myself, you're not going to walk again, Wayne, or you're going to die from this. I never told myself. It's only now I can put it in context. I'm like, you know, I really had the right attitude. I'll be fine. That's not going to last forever, mate. We're all on this planet for a limited time. But... It helped me a great deal because I'd really sort of mentally sat back and I go, if I move forward with this, I do it for the right reasons and I do it with enjoyment, else I don't do it. End of story. I think uh, talking about making making your mark um, and that leaving a legacy, obviously with suntan on, that's sort of part of of, what what you've been doing, really creating that that brand for yourself and and trying to leave something, well, not leave something behind, but... uh, you've moved into, the, into a different phase yeah. in bodybuilding where yeah. a lot of people probably never get to. Yeah. They, yeah. they compete, and then they retire, yeah. and then they put on 20 kilos, yeah. and then you'd never hear from them again. Well, like I said um, before, I've, I've, I'm fortunate that I've created an environment where there'll be something else after it because I think it'd be challenging to just walk away. Yeah. Suntan on actually came around from my travels within the WFF because I used to use a product called Top Tan. That was that the some, old the old cream? No, it was in it. It was in a bottle, and and somebody used to have a box of it at the universe. Graham, okay. I remember. And um, Top 10? I, yeah, yeah, I used to buy it in yeah. in the bottles, and everyone I used to bring it back for all my shows in Australia. This is 04, 05. No, no, it was just a stain, a, literally a brown tan. But everyone said how good it was, yeah. and I'd had an experience importing some products before, yeah. and I thought, oh, that'd be good to make. And that was literally, I had no idea. I was a tradesman. Yeah. No idea how to market, no idea to sell, no idea how challenging it would be to find someone to do it because there's a reason there's two or three good products on the market. It's really hard to do. Yeah. So that's where, and it took me three or four years. I remember discussing it with Eddie and he goes, plot on, mate. You, you, yeah. you know, one of these ideas will come off one day. But that's where I got the idea from. And I've kept it really simple, just two really high-quality products. And it's, it's I don't often do this but i did walk around at the aussies and there was a lot of people there i knew there's a lot of people i didn't know nearly everyone was using it yeah and i'm like and that's why i did it i did it so competitors because i'd never had a good tan i swear i'd never got a good color unless you mix three different products together yeah. and then they had the ass problem with the acetones and all that but yeah that's that's how that all came I know, about i know a lot of people when um if if, you know, if, they, if they're not using suntan on they'll tend to have you know Three or four spray tans, yeah, and yeah. then they'll do. Oh yeah, I'll do two to- uh, two coats of pro tan and yep. then a yeah, coat yeah. of dream tan over yep. the top of that. And I'm like, Jesus, that's that's, pretty, that's yeah. like you're coating yeah. your skin in a millimeter of just yeah. gunk, and it's yeah. it's not it's even even the door. you know I probably shouldn't mention this being that I make tan, but even the um, the thought of having a spray tan year in year out, yeah. I don't know that that's such a wise idea because they do, you know, they do have different things in them and yeah. like, to be blunt certain chemicals in them it's all legal and kosher but that's yeah. not my brand it's all brands but 
you know our skin is an organ you absorb yeah. stuff through it so i just i just don't know that in you know of course they know with deodorants now the aluminiums and all that type of stuff so yeah. i just don't know that coating yourself in that year in year out is probably such a flash idea well i yeah. suppose spray tans are not something that it's meant you know, you're meant to have 12 months of the year yeah i know and people that live in them yeah, yeah it's, every day it's really yeah um, yeah I used to have the like again the, the tan year round, mate. But yeah. if, I mean, the amount of skin damage I did is yeah. just I'm not that egocentric anymore. I mean, Fortunately, I can be white. I guess living in Queensland, it's easy to have a have a tan. Yeah, I burn. The I burn. Yeah, so. always have, always will. I burn unless I use that melanotan. That works really good. Yeah, yeah but um, no, I burn. Yeah, I used to think I was brown. I look back and I go, man, you look like a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> That's a white skin. So how, yeah. long, how long have you been doing suntan on now? Uh, I, I guess really oh nine. Uh, and then, um, yeah, 09, and then uh, I didn't know what to do with it. So I had it for a little while, and then Dimatize actually had it for a while. I put it in their hands through yeah. Warren Clampett at yeah. the time, and they had the dough, obviously, that they advertise in Ironman and all that sort of stuff, and it just wasn't going anywhere, and it was really good. So I thought, 2011, I thought, I'll take it back over, and since then, it's just gone kaboom. Okay. Yeah. So what I, it's seasonal. Okay, so like I said to Graham before, it, uh, it, it shuts down in November through to about February. Now, that's not the way I want it all the time, but you've you got to walk before you, you know. My next thing would be to look at other areas, other countries, but there's a lot in that, and I'm still learning all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because, again, I don't have a – that's why I dimatize that. I'm like, what, the, what am I going to do with it? I don't know how to sell this and go to door-to-door. And, but, again, some, you, know, you get the right people on board, and I've had some you know, fantastic people help me, which I still look after, but I never ask, really asked. All I ask for is a couple of posts yeah. and a picture. Yeah. You know, I'm giving it to you. You're not working in my supplement store for six hours a night to get half a tub of bro- you know, it's I look after them, and, and we help each other, so but that's good. You suntan on your full-time uh, gig? Or yeah, but when I say full-time, it's a good part-time job, so yeah. I still do whatever I can so look even looking for a bit more work in supplements or something on the yeah. Gold Coast which I was talking about before but I still do a little bit of PT it's it's just not the lucrative business that once was on the coast since the GFC that's dried up a lot yeah. um, well, and I've actually been doing some maintenance for uh, okay. Aaron Grundy who's a who's yeah. a NABBA Mr Australia yeah, yeah. A very good friend and so I've been he's got, he's got a job that keeps him busy so I've been doing one day at his place a week recently I mean you, you're saying before to dad that um yeah, you mentioned the yeah, back of the days before PTs um, in Finlay's. Um, uh, you were having a laugh about <laughs> one of the person, yeah. uh, some of the old guys back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What's the you know being that you you were in that era before yeah, 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 yeah. The, the rise of the self-proclaimed gurus yeah, and yeah. PTs? Well, and even well stuff. before that, yeah, yeah. What's what's the industry like now as compared to back then? Uh, people people get into it now because they have a perception that they're going to make easy money yeah. and there's no such thing a- anyone that's a good PT will tell you that's tough if you're in a gym you've been around it but early nights you know, sorry <laughs> late late, late nights vice versa yeah early mornings late nights yeah. and not as not a, you know 90% of pe- people aren't earning money 10% mm-hmm. are but yeah back then there was no PTs we just helped each other of course those days you went joined a gym you got a program you got someone to show you through it and I mentioned this to a to a guy recently and he was in his 60s like damn that's a good idea because he hadn't been in that environment well that's not that's what used to happen mate before fitness first because 
you know, uh, again, the people would just help you. If they saw you doing something wrong, they'd help you. And they were three times your size, so you wouldn't argue back with them. <laughs> but it was, that's why I got into it. It's still, I, I for many, many years, and, and I had trouble taking money for it because I'm like, I can help you and it's free and we should all do that. The thought of charging for it, you know. I, I always laugh when people say, oh, I'm paying 800 bucks for po- uh, posing sessions or $1,000 yeah. for posing sessions. And I know... Um, there was a girl who was training here at Athletique who paid $1,500 for group sessions wow. with a professional, yeah. a pro body, a yeah. pro figure competitor. Um, and I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's a lot of money. Now, obviously, you know, I don't yeah. know whether she got her money's worth, yeah. but they weren't one-on-one sessions. And it wasn't like it was 15 one-on-one sessions. It was probably four or five group sessions where it was her and another eight or 10 girls. Um, all together getting yeah. this expert advice and you're like yeah but you know if you know what you're doing if you've got a mirror and you've got yeah, videos time. that you can watch and yep. go, right, well, how yep. can I replicate yep. this and you've got enough presence of mind to yeah. say yeah I'm doing it right or, or, you, or you've got someone else just to watch yeah. you you can perfect that yep. um, I, I remember where, you know, back in the day I didn't know, even know whether they had video recorders back then yeah. but just watching a video or looking in the mirror or seeing something on TV, you know, if it was on Wide World of Sports back in those days. But it's, it's re- I don't, I've never had the money for, I've seriously, even with my income, I, I don't see a need to have ever paid for a PT yeah. when you can learn it yourself or ask a few questions. Or, you know, I know people do it and there's a market, so more power to them, but the thought of paying for that, I'm like, damn, I'd rather go out for a good meal. I, I don't, I just don't get it. And I've done some, you know, reasonably good routines. It's about transition. Again, there's that, I remember Sean Ray saying, "Don't everyone can hit a mandatory, how you transition between them. And it does take some confidence to move slowly. Most people go too fast and they don't smile. So once you've got a few basic things nailed, but it's I don't think it's as difficult as people think it is. No. Or they think they're going to do better by blah, blah, blah. And, you know, a class that, like you guys do here, they weren't available. And I probably would have done that. But to pay big dollars for it? Yeah. I, I'd have never had enough money to do that. I, I don't see the value in it. I, th- I think it's just practice, you know. Of course. People, people say that, well, people have asked me over the years, you know, you got any advice for posing because, you know, you're obviously on stage watching yeah, yeah, people yeah, and yeah, you know what yeah, the judges are looking yeah. for and that. I say, well, look, just, just every you know, every morning you get up, just yeah. practice your posing in the mirror oh, yeah. in front of the thing. You know, yeah. you don't have to do it all, all, you know, every time you're in between sets here at the yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it can be helpful. But, you know... Yeah, it's only only when I've uh, started helping people at different times, and I'm reluctant to do that now, I would just send them to to someone else like Taylor or Smith or someone like that. It's only till I've actually helped a few people, and I'm like, it it makes me recall, damn, you spent way too much time in front of the mirror man, because I helped a guy recently for one of the sort of sports models classes, and just a couple of tweaks, he looked totally different. But that's all you need. You just need... In our days, it was sort of a friend to say that looked good, this didn't look good. Or you used to go through literally the photos and not even myself, my, my limbs are longer, so you don't want to do anything like the old-fashioned sort of stick your arm out because you, you, yeah. you want to limit that outreaching moment unless you've got you know, 22 inch arms so it's just looking at your strength and weaknesses and of course my strength is always going to be my torso so yeah I start with an ab shot I move into and the next shot's an ab shot and everything's abs 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 but why wouldn't it be because I'm trying to hide this and hide that and I'm not going to it's like Justin he's, he says oh, I've got weaknesses but people never pick them up because of the yeah. way I present myself and I'm like yeah I've noticed it and yeah. I'm tell you what he's an artist at hiding it yeah. 
because we've all got things we can work on. It's just, I think a lot of stuff you can do yourself. And I read something recently on Facebook and the girl had paid a lot of money for blah, blah, blah. And I said, you've had eight comps and been coached for them. Just put it into practice. Like, again, proceed with confidence, not caution, because it's really not that hard to walk properly in heels. Just wear them all day for a couple of weeks and you're good to go. And yeah, just... Yeah, any any women working in an office? Well, I just got better things to do with my money, you know. Like it's yeah, and I know, you know, it's out there for for stuff like that. Fortunately, I've got a lot of friends now that if I, if I need any uh, help or questions, and sometimes it's more to bounce things off people. I've got a lot of cluey people, like Jim Contadonis. He's very cluey. He'll always give me a, a reply. Andre Tadero in Sydney. So yeah, even Damon. So there's a you know you look to someone that might be able to shed some light on whatever you're working on and uh, you know more supplements and food and stuff like that and there's a lot more information it's sifting through it but if you got do you think people are a lot less confident these days than they were in the past because they're so perhaps. reliant on yeah, perhaps. The, on the PT industry or on other people yeah. to tell them what to do. They don't. Have oh, to which, see, I come up in an era when it wasn't there. No one had it. So, you know, I remember paying Gary Hemming as I mentioned it, uh, before in oh, must have been only PT I'd ever have and I saved that for one session but I watched him train every time after that in the gym and I thought watch what he did and it's not that hard to observe like what other people are doing that are the way you know and try and put two and two together you learn more if you do it yourself and, and then once you've got the fundamentals it's probably fine pay someone for a while or you know I, I train a guy he's a lovely bloke but he's a businessman a totally different concept if he doesn't make that appointment he will not come in yeah and that's why he trains with me. Not because I'm so insightful, we get on well, but or, or I can offer him blah, blah, blah. But, you know, w- what I can say is he rolls up because he's got that appointment. That appointment's not there, he's not training. And, and that I can understand from a business point when you're really affluent, but a kid that's scraping to pay rent, paying 1500 bucks for posing, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. This is me as a, as a person. I, I, I'm not that... Hmm take everyone else out of the equation i'm not that greedy i'd prefer to say man you could probably do this this and this i'll get much more satisfaction out of helping and giving it's not always about the money but in the long story it it comes back to you anyway um you know so yeah good good you know that's again that that's the way of the universe and that's karma on that subject people are confused about that what is they think it's bad people getting payback and nasty things happening to them but it's not that may happen but it's about us as human beings doing our best, being our best, putting our best foot forward, and it comes back to you. There's nothing's coincidence. There's so many times I'll do, sometimes I've even thought to myself, I'm gonna do, and I don't do it for this, but I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna give blah, 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 or do blah, 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 the same day all of a sudden I'll get an order in out of the middle of nowhere for 200 bucks, and I'm like, that's not a coincidence. Nah. That's not a coincidence. And people think that's stupid, but it's it's the way it I, works. I've always felt that William, what you put out into the world Absolutely. comes back to you. If you're yeah. if you're a happy, positive person yep. and you uh, yep. try to build people up, yep. then people recognise yep. that. And um, yeah, I mean, I work in the in, a, in the sports industry, yeah. and and one of my mentors has always said to me, you know, sports sports about building people up, and if yeah. it's not about building people up, then what's yep. it there for? Yep. Um, and yeah, I think that that's very true about bodybuilding as well. There's a lot of people who want to take everyone down, yeah. and they're the ones that eventually, you know, they get they might yeah. have an audience on, on very on small social percentage, media, but but um, yeah, it's the, a, look, the it's the same with what I tell people in bodybuilding, and it's it's like we were taught to you know to be martyrs and do everything for other people and put yourself last, which is nonsense because you have to love yourself to love other people. But in bodybuilding, I always say to you know, people, well, should I do this? Should I do that? I say, look, do what makes you happy. 
whether that be traveling, whether that be competing, do what makes you happy. And then if you can help the federation, if you can help the promoters, if you can help the athletes, if you could do whatever and enhance the experience, you can never walk away saying, oh, I got screwed at this comp and I won this and they should have made me blah, blah, blah. And where's all the sponsors? And I'm like, well, no one held a gun to your head to do it. You, yeah. you went in with the wrong attitude, expecting a big payoff after it, instead of, again, that attitude of, mate, I help people all the time with TAN and I'm happy to do it because I've literally got some people and, and they've, uh, they've like emailed or sent a message and say, I'm going to do, and I can tell their age because they can't use a whatever computer or their mum's rang up or something and, I've just got to wait till I get paid for blood. And I'm like, when I'm putting two and two together, I'm like, this poor kid's got zero dollars. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what's your address? I'll, I'll, I'll look after you. And you know, again, maybe, I just say, maybe a nice word on social media, totally up to you, but, but I help people as much as I can. But that's part of that business. That's goodwill and it helps the business grow. But it's still a personal thing too. So again, like, if I'm not competing, I'll judge, I'll, 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 I'll buddy clean up shit. Uh, yeah, done it again. <laughs> I'll, I'll clean up crap backstage after yeah. show. I'll pick up the plastic. I'll do whatever I can because it's, it's for the you know we need everyone. Yeah. See, there's no show without everyone. Yeah. We we've all got something to contribute, and without each other, we're nothing. Mm-hmm. Same as the MC, the, the you know yourself, the cleaners, the people running the aisles. You know, we all need to stick together and work together. And and you know within context of of the the people that seem to always have an axe to grind, it's not bodybuilding. It's not the federation. It's not anything. It's them. They have got an axe to grind, and uh, you know it's not it's not a good way to live being grumpy all the time. <laughs> all right. So if people want to get in touch with you, how can they track you down? Oh, uh, I've got the Facebook, uh, just and uh, my page Wayne Wilson, yeah. Wayne Wilson athlete, which I'm still figuring out what to do with. Is that you, that's your uh, WFF. Yeah, Maria uh, Macarta helped me, but right. I haven't met her for many years. She she helped me set that one up, which is very nice. And uh, just suntan on, yeah, Wayne Wilson seven at me dot com phone plenty of ways to contact me yeah so suntanon.com.au yeah and i'm going to do a new website next year i'm also going to relaunch because initially i had top coat and super tan now yep. top coat self-explanatory yeah but i created a second product which is what i wanted top coat to be initially okay of course i had to call it something else because i had two products but next year being that I phase out the actual product, I'm going to rename and relaunch Super Tan as Top Coat because it's still what everyone calls it, and calling yeah. it Super Tan confuses people, and you've got to keep it simple. Yeah. So I'll be I'll be relaunching that product, which just means a different label, same product. But um, yeah, and I'll be I'll be at all the shows doing what I do and yeah, getting up yeah. till I till I my body deteriorates to a point I can't. But who knows so when so that'll so be? How many shows is it now? Eighty. Yeah, it is eighty. 80 yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. So. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a long while. But that's, you know, a, a large part of them has been in the WFF too. I think 55 maybe. So, yeah, it's it's like next year, you know, will be my 30th year competing. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's something. And again, you got to enjoy it. you got to enjoy it. And it's not, like I say, I'm, I'm competed 85 or 86. I'm 88 today. So not. See, what I see change, I'm like, damn, what the hell are you doing in 20 weeks? Like, you look okay now. I'm like, is that, like, I speculate it's why they, when they start, well, I don't know what they do, but well, what the hell do you need 20 weeks for? Like, honestly, look at a show and go, maybe it's eight weeks away. Because back in the day, that's all we dieted. Like, honestly, six to eight weeks. That people, you can take a, you probably find if you do 20 weeks, you're going to get most of it off and just stagnate. You're going to have to do a lot of things to keep your metabolism going. And I just, 
don't see why you need to do that because again it places that perception of you with 20 weeks of drag we'll just make it six and you know so no one dieted like that back in the day that's something that's really changed you know i mean i did six then eight but but now i could comfortably say eight's enough but depends if you do six shows in a year it can drag out a long while but again if it doesn't worry it's no biggie yeah all right well thank you for sitting down with me my Uh, pleasure hopefully people order suntan on Yes. Throughout the Christmas period. Well, good, just good. chatted about that before. <laughs> That's very <laughs> quiet over Chrissy, but yeah. it's all good, mate, when the shows start and we'll, we'll, we'll fire up back up again. And well, we've got shows in April, so yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll be down for the Karma Classic. Yeah, and, uh, I might even toy with the idea of doing that. I, I find when I get... Um, yeah, look, I just I just find I'm struggling quite a lot with some joint issues at the moment and, and sort of it's either ageing or something's a bit yeah. out of whack. So you can't train as hard as you should. You won't look as good. End of story. You still got to push that heavy weight. So we'll see. We'll see. It's it, it could be just thirty five years of accumulated training. Who knows? So the, the, you don't have anyone to ask because if you do ask some people my age, mate, they've had more surgeries than me. The shoulders are whacked. Yeah. The knees are whacked. The because again, that's the downside that it can that it can do that. But you can. What I find is you can still use relatively light weights and higher reps. But if you're intense, yeah. you're still gonna pretty much hold on to it. So that's what I do a little bit now. Okay. Yeah, it's the uh, the secret to training over forty and over fifty. There's not a lot of information out there. There really isn't, and it has to change. It's the, it's the, you know, it's more about wellness, longevity, uh, not so much years, quality, you know, quality. But it does change. Probably not so much in your forties. I just reckon in your fifties. Yeah. I've really noticed it. Like again, there could be a lot of reasons for that, which I'm investigating at the moment, but. Oh God, a couple of weeks ago, even Janine said, man, you're having trouble getting out of bed. And I said, man, I'm sore. Yeah. Like, and it's just sort of nutting out why. Like, I'm permanently sore in some areas from my, my surgeries. But um, other than that, I'm, again, you just got to work through it and slowly figure out what it is. And you're always learning. Yeah. So, um, but again, what, once the body, as long as the body holds up and, and I'm enjoying it, I'll, I'll keep going. But there's, you know, a dignified age to retire, which I probably well passed. So <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Just keep going. So yeah. I always yeah. say, so long as you're enjoying what you're doing, that's yeah. you know that's the yeah. main thing. Look, it's it's the places. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm waffling on a bit now, but it's the, 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 the been going since '04 every yeah. year. The oh, yeah. you know, it's oh, probably not a lot of places I haven't been, and it there was I wouldn't have never gone there. It's the places you go to and the people you go with that yeah. really make it make it yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but before special. we do finish up, I would really like to thank. Um, Eddie from Next Generation Supplements, who's uh, always uh, probably the oldest plus the longest sponsored athlete I'd be pushing it in Australia, always looks after me with with the Next Gen Supplements, which are great quality. And yeah, I, don't, I actually don't use a huge amount of supplements, yeah. but love the glutamine and stuff like that, uh, creatine and so just the old staples. Is that yes, yeah, the, the basics that you really? Yeah, basics. The rest, if I was to use a supplement, it would be because th- there's a need for it. So I've created deficiency or I'm in sort of some calorie-deprived state, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, of course, the other person, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Graham, who's, who's in the background. He's, he's been a great influence on me. Yeah, and, and a dear friend. For, again, I'm, I'm lucky that in my era I've seen my sort of heroes as in bodybuilding become my friends. That seems quite surreal to me. And, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, I sit next to Terry Roberts when I'm judging. I'm like, damn, this. I was too scared to speak to her 20 years ago <laughs> in her heyday. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. uh, so uh, uh, that's quite surreal. It still is, but that's just the background I've come from. And of course, Janine supported me and, and Ben, my wife and son, all the way. I mean, Janine has not. We've been together 18 years, so I've been competing the whole time. Yeah. 
but you know if a show comes up she's like yeah How I can't Ben now? Ben's 13 yeah, yeah 14 next year so he, uh, That's good. I tell Graham he fitted into my runners this morning so I had a pair <laughs> of runners that were like they're pristine I've hardly I've got more runners like all PTs more runners than I need I said oh, you can have them mate and he's like I said they can't fit they're too small they're, yeah, they just slid on So, but yeah Janine's like you know she has certain hours at work and certain career responsibilities but I'll tell you she, just, she understands happiness you know working together and uh, you know if you want to go go off you go enjoy have fun I mean, we'll are, do those are some couple goals right there you know uh, it's, it's communication and it's, it's having the right balance but uh, you know it's, it really is communication it's and I am you know dare I say it We've got quite reverse roles. Yeah. She's very, very logical. She's very much like a guy in the way she thinks with some things. That's why she's go. Though. Yeah, but I'm more intuitive kind of. There's there's traits of femininity and masculinity. Yeah. Uh, and I've been to a seminar on this. But um, I would be, you know, remember like your dad come home, he's grumpy from work, everyone shut up. And I'm yeah. like, okay, Janine, let's walk the dog. Let's relax. You're not at work now. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the, what, the housewife. <laughs> But uh, she's, mate, she's a hard worker. But with, it sounds really corny, but being coming from a, a marriage that didn't work, for many, many, even now, uh, let's sit down, let's have a chat, what's on our minds, good, bad or indifferent. And if it's a one bit of advice I can give to, you either grow together, you grow apart. But if you can, it's not so easy to sit down and go, okay, you're really pissing me off in this area. And it doesn't happen a lot. But you have to communicate, and we are friends first yeah. and foremost. I remember a lot of my friends say now, "Oh, you talk about your wife so beautiful." I'm like, "Well, kind of, it's kind of the way it should be." I've, yeah. I've seen the other side of it, and um, just, just, just to be friends. And I guess as you get older, that becomes more and more important. And uh, you know, I'm very, very, very lucky. Yeah, well, very I've, lucky. I've always believed that any you know, any conflict in a relationship, whether it's a you know, husband and wife or boyfriend girlfriend or yeah, just friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ninety-nine percent of it stems from miscommunication. Oh, totally. And yeah. whether that's yeah. you know not understanding what the other person is saying, or just yeah. saying something yeah. out of turn, yeah. or or yeah. just yeah, whatever. Yeah. See, my therapy is I could sit here for a week. My therapy is talking. I doesn't matter if nothing changes, but if I can say yeah. and get it off my chest, I feel unburdened. Mm. And and uh, Janine, I've got to maybe extract the information a little bit more, which is not most. <laughs> females are a little bit opposite they'll be like what's wrong hubby come on but um yeah it is that communication and, I, mean, and, yeah. well, I know doing what i do for the soccer here in uh, victoria for many years i worked in the tribunal and what i picked up very quickly was that um people don't necessarily always want you to fix the problem yeah totally they just want to yep. be heard yep and sometimes yep. they just need to vent and they just need to know that you've heard yep. what they've got to say absolutely and that you've yep. taken it on board and that yep. you can at least try to offer them some yep. You know, some assistance yeah, yeah. Uh, or some advice. Yep. Um, it's not always about fixing, no. fixing things. Cause, yeah, as you say, you got to grow together. Yep. Know. Yeah. And like I said, I've been very, very. Lucky. But you know, again, you learn from your experience because I remember, like the times. Jenny probably married me six months after we met. You know, and yeah. I'm like, let's just talk about things over a few months. I'm not going to change this. I'm like this, like, and just make someone really aware. It's not a textbook thing that you see in the movies. It's a yeah. real thing. And again, I see people, you know, yourself dropping like flies in eight days, and like mm. people do what they do. And but I, I'd like people to be a bit, yeah. They should find that contentment, that peace, and it's look, it's all respect. It's all about respect. You, you got the respect, you got the love. So before yeah. we head off, there was a story you guys were telling before about Tiny Tony. <laughs> 
can you can can you can you just share that story? Frame again? shut down the AC, mate. I'll be out of here in two seconds. <laughs> Back in the good old days. Yeah. Talking, to, talking to the microphone, otherwise they won't. Finlay's gym. Circa. Ooh. 68-70, early 70s. There were a lot of um, very colourful characters used to train at uh, Finlay's gym in Burwood. Yeah. Of course, there was uh, George Serodensky, Peter McCarthy, Peter Lindsay, you know, Neil Brophy, um, Anders. Peter uh, Blatham. Um, Peter McCarthy owned it when I first Peter McCarthy owned it, yeah, but Frank yeah. Finlay was the original sort of owner of it. And Peter Frank McCarthy was obviously a bodybuilding promoter as well. Yes, it was, it was yeah. back in the early era, Victoria versus New South Wales. Yeah. So Paul Graham was in Sydney uh, after uh, Fred Vella. And then, of course, Peter McCarthy uh, was in Melbourne with Frank Burwish, etc. But uh, back in the in the era of uh, Finlay's gym, they used to have a sauna bath in the middle of the gym <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. And Peter introduced so many bodybuilders, you know, uh, American and, and English bodybuilders into uh, Finlay's gym at the time. They had uh, Dave Draper, Frank Zane, uh, Larry Scott, Tony Emmett, you know, a lot of bodybuilders yeah, came yeah. to visit. Uh, even Arnold came. Uh, before he was uh, a film star through the 70s, etc. Yeah. But one of the uh, stories that Wayne uh, <laughs> and I were reminiscing about was uh, Tiny Tony, as uh, Wayne referred to him, uh, Tony Zorro. And he was, uh, you know, uh, yeah, quite aggressive. Larger than life. Larger yeah, than life, yeah, not a big, big man, but yeah. quite aggressive uh, in his personality. And uh, Wayne was you know, doing the bench press and uh, of course the bar wasn't coming down anywhere near his chest. So I'll let uh, Wayne well, yep. tell the story from there. Uh, again, I was, I was watching a guy a few days ago in the gym doing this and I related to a client. I said, you know what PTs were like in my day, mate? And uh, he said, no, I said, we'll see how that guy's form and how low he's come. And I said, the first time I was in a gym and I said, the bar came about that low and I see all I see is this massive set of arms and this guy hollering at me, touch the fucking bar on your chest. <laughs> and uh, yes, the bar came straight to my chest and it's never left there, mate. So I'm not quite with the uh, all half range of motion stuff that you see doing nowadays. And on that note too, you, you, I personally believe you really need to go through a full range of motion. Else you create some pretty big imbalances. But again, that was PT, mate. Literally in those days, people would walk up to you, help you, yeah. or bark at you. But he, he said that out of concern for me training properly yeah. and not hurting myself. And, mm. you know, again, I was, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to answer him back, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, good, it was a good era, mate. Man, I've got some stories I could tell from that era. But uh, like Graham, have to all be anonymous, mate, because, yeah, uh, yeah I value my life, especially yeah. when I'm on the streets of Melbourne. Can't drop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, unfortunately, you can't drop too many names because there's, uh, there's some great stories. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, write, we'll write a book one day. And yes. Yeah. Oh, look, look, the, the book that was, I mean, <laughs> you're never going to shut me up, but it was called Over the Hedge <laughs> and it was written by David Shaw. I've got an original pristine copy. And for years, and I'm going out, I'm going to catch up with Johnny Moore and Simone yeah. for a coffee on Friday. I thought it was Johnny Moore okay. that wrote it for years, but it's oh. not. But it was uh, that Jim out and bloody Nana Wadding and yeah. all that. It's a great read. But so it's out of Over print. the Hedge? Yeah, it was called Over the Hedge. And or over the edge, maybe. Over the edge. Yeah, over the edge. Yeah, I've yeah. yeah, got an original story, copy. About the gym. Oh, it was a great read. All right. Yeah, 
Yeah, great read. Well, Wayne, thank you very much. It was great to catch up. Uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And happy birthday to you too. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here, Daniel. Thank you for having me. And we'll see everyone on the Muscle Tour in 2017. It goes on. It does. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Okay, well, look, I'm not going to say too much about this episode. I think Wayne's uh, personality and the way he just approaches the world speaks for itself. Um, I'll be recording some more episodes very soon. I've got a few in the bank, so I'll I'll be hopefully uploading more regularly than I have been. Um, I've also actually started a video, uh, uploading video content to my YouTube channel, which is also called This Is Bodybuilding. So go to youtube.com slash thisisbodybuilding. It's all one word. Um, You can see some of my interviews with the likes of NABBA legends, such as uh, five times pro Mr. Universe, Eddie Elwood, uh, Mr. NABBA himself, John Citroni. Uh, and, if, and, and plenty of other people from, from NAVA and, and from uh, a couple of WFF competitors as well I've got up there at the moment. I've got an interview with two times Miss Universe, Daria Diyoshi, um and Mr. Universe turned IFBB Classic Physique Champion, Callum Von Moga. Um, we uh, had a good time hanging out in, uh, in Italy and France a couple of years ago, so there's a little bit of uh, low-key footage there. Anyway, um, that's, all it, that's all from me today. Tune in next time. For more the more bodybuilding adventures and mishaps, have a great week, and I'll speak to you soon on This Is Bodybuilding.